Welcome to the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. My name is Ilse. I created this podcast to talk about amazing Africans who are doing wonderful things all around the globe. These are everyday people like you and I who are making a difference in the fields of business, science and the arts and living their lives to the fullest. I really hope that they inspire you as they have inspired me. So sit back and enjoy every single episode because it's made with lots of love. Hi guys, today's episode is going to be really, really amazing. So on the 21st of April, 2020, myself and four other amazing ladies, Mo, Jane, Caroline, and Tulsin, we came together for the first time for an amazing Zoom event called Parlay With Us. Now, Parlay is the French word for to speak or to talk. We want to talk about the impact of COVID-19 in our lives. As we all stay home, it was such an amazing time. We had about 99 people signed up and we just didn't want to talk about the impact of COVID-19 but we also wanted to invite experts to kind of answer our burning questions about just what to do with these things that we're experiencing and so we had a relationship expert we had a financial expert a career expert we also had scientists in the house such an amazing time and I decided to put it on as an episode today because some of you may have missed that opportunity I just want you to have the chance to enjoy a little bit of what we enjoyed on the 21st of April 2020. I really hope you enjoy the episode. So Jane is going to take it away. What we want you to do in the chat box, can you tell us one positive thing that came out of this whole COVID lockdown stay at home for you? Just one. No matter how small it is, drop it in the chat box. We would like to hear from you. Just one thing you think, ah, that wasn't so bad. You know, I got something good out of this. So drop that in the chat box. That would really be helpful. Then, of course, we, towards the end, we're going to have uh, some nice prices. I hope you stay for that. So we're hoping that we can do this in an hour. But if we spend an hour, 30 minutes, we would also have another one at the end. So if you stay till the end, you might make it for the next round of prices. So I think that's the housekeeping. So while the session goes on, right at the beginning, there'll be a poll. And at the, at the end, we'll also have for some feedback. So do help us with the polling because it will give us an idea of what you like and what you'd like to see more or feedback on you know, how we can make this better. So that's the housekeeping for the evening. So I hope you got your wine ready. Now we're going to start. Are yeah, I need to go and get my wine now. Yes, please. Wine, don't, don't forget to grab the bottle. <laughs> Why she does that, I think we're on time. I will start with the intro. A group of ladies were having a good discussion, as we always do, about the whole COVID and what is happening. We had met over some podcasts. Mo, a PhD associate professor in the U.S., and Dr. Ozi, also based in the U.S., they both run the podcast, and we're having this chat on how can we make sure that during this period we support each other, because that's really what's important. If we're all isolated, suffering alone, going through these challenges, some of us are married, some have kids, some of us are working from home, others have you know, financial things we're all trying to put together, and we thought it would be good to make sure that people like us going through the same we can figure out how we can all come together and help each other. So see it as a session where we are trying to help each other. So we want it to be engaging, and that's why we brought the experts. So one of the good things we did, we brought two experts. So we brought Tosin. Tosin is a world-renowned financial expert. What I mean world-renowned, as in she was on BBC like two days ago. <laughs> so she's going to be helping us with all the financial issues. So get your questions. 
you know, bring it real practical, real, and she'll be, she's very good at explaining that. And we got another expert, a psychologist who I'm very proud of. So I have known uh, Caroline for over three years. But what's more important is her passion for her trade. She knows her, she knows her onions when it comes to working with people. So we know that it's a stressful period, anxiety, there's lots of emotional health and mental health you know, issues all around the corner. And we are all going, some of us can't even put a name to what we are going through. So we have Caroline in the house. Feel free. This is your lucky day. Normally, you pay $300 an hour to have that session. But today, we are saying, come real. And she'll be here to answer those questions, to give you advice, and share practical tips. So that's just a quick introduction on why we're having the session today. If that's still working for you, don't forget to put that thing in the chat box. Tell us one thing you think that was positive out of the whole lockdown. I think for like four weeks now, three weeks, depending on which country. Some countries, it's been almost four weeks. Yeah, so tell us weeks. one thing. It could be just something simple. You know, at least you get to finally talk to your grandma on Zoom. Maybe she doesn't know how to use Zoom. So tell us one positive thing that has, you know, worked out of the whole situation for you. So I'll start with the intro. And the intro, I'll hand over to Mo. So Mo, I'll hand over to you. Thank you for that fantastic one. Um, guys, we're going to be having three raffle draws, by the way. So make sure you stay till the end. We're going to be raffling Jane's awesome book, Be Fearless as well as two $25 Amazon um, gift cards. Now, you don't have to get a gift card. You can get a cash equivalent, okay? But just stick to the end. So the first intro I'll do is for Jane. She forgot to do that for herself. How, um, just what kind of humble spirit she has. So Jane is a telecommunication executive with over 17 years in the Nigerian, Liberian, and Ghanaian telecommunication market. And she has an engineering degree from the University of Nigeria and an MBA from Warwick. Her passion is seeing women like herself fulfill their purpose, growing their careers, and she has a history of promoting girls in STEM field. I'm going to put all of her bio on the comment section where you can find her and her book. Well, for me, um, my name is Mo, as some of you um, know already or don't know. Full name, government name is Motolani Yogunzoya. I'm an assistant professor of pharmacy in um, Oklahoma here, and I teach professional and graduate students. I also conduct research, cancer, and um, lupus. I earned my pharmacy degree from the University of Lagos, greatest in the like, and my PhD um, in health economics and outcomes research from the University of Texas at Austin um, three years ago. I worked as a clinical pharmacist with PEPFAR, taking care of patients with HIV and tuberculosis. I'm also a curious learner. I have a special love for learning about other cultures. And so one of the things I'm doing, I've been doing for the past three years, well, actually for the past six years now is imbibing myself in the Korean culture. I taught myself Korean, and I currently speak that at an intermediate level. And I also teach beginners Korean. And um, in my spare time, I do bullet journaling, which, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about how I give back to myself. I also like to travel. can't do that anymore. Um, I have a podcast where I try to share stories of Blacks and Asians and those who love them across the world. I think it's very important for us to seize the narrative and share our stories. So you can check out my podcast if you want something to feel good about yourself or even learn from people. My podcast is on iTunes and on several platforms. To talk about just how this has been, it's been a little bit difficult, I would say that. And a lot of it has been mentally. And that's because I have lost um, dichotomy. By dichotomy, I mean, I, I had a place I lived at. I had a place I went to work at. Even days that I worked from home, I knew that I had a job to go to, like driving and all of that, all of which I took for granted. But now my dichotomy is lost. You know, I do everything. Basically, I'm shooting, I'm pooping, I'm eating where I work and live. 
it's just so much going on. And like I said, I like traveling. I'm not able to do that. So I started feeling a little bit fatigued about that. And I noticed one thing about myself is being busy was like an addiction for me. Um, just to keep doing, doing, doing without taking rest. That has um, been a little bit, you know, difficult for me. So I started getting, I won't call it depression, but just lots of joy. Or maybe depression, whatever. Yeah, depression, yes. I started losing my joy. And in acknowledging what has been lost, that was just the first step in moving forward. What I do right now to prevent all of that is, number one, practice gratitude. Because I won't lie, there were times when I wished to have like a week from home. And I've had many weeks. So there's a part of me that is kind of grateful this is happening, even though I'm not going to you know, say all of like it's all good. No, it's not always all good, but it's a gift to be home. And there's a shard and fried aspect of it in that it's happening to everybody. You know, so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm thankful that I have a roof over my head. I have someone that I love that I'm staying with. It could be worse. I could, you know, be homeless or live with someone that's abusing me. So that's one practicing gratitude. I also have some apps that I use that helps me, that helps me a lot. So I abide is one that I use and I'm going to put those notes on the, on the comment section as well. Um, abide is an app that you can read the Bible to yourself. I'm a Christian, by the way, read the Bible to yourself. Um, I have a little form of anxiety sometimes, so it helps to calm me down. You can use calm for meditation. I, I like reading a lot. So I do audio narrations. Elevate is a game I play. I finally was able to ride a bike. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll see the video I shared. I laughed at myself a lot. I need time to myself. And so I did what I call Room 19. It's a book from Doris Lesson, if anyone has read that. And basically, I just let him know I need to have time to be by myself. And so I took this, went to the guest room. We have that luxury to, in my house because we have a big house. I was just me and my husband. Two days and by myself and really helped me. And I think it made me a better spouse. For some of you, you might not have that luxury, but I, I suggest you talk to your partner, you know, to find the time. Maybe get it in your car and just sitting by yourself or shutting the door in the bathroom for how hours and just, you know, take that time for yourself. Don't feel guilty about it. If it's watching TV, whatever, find ways to give back to yourself. And um, yeah, and I do bullet journal, like I said, I like to write the thoughts run through my head. Bullet journal is something I'm really passionate about because I'm able to order my thoughts and put them down. And so it's a little bit of um, exorcism. But I'm, I'm, I also pray, I try to pray a lot to, you know, connect to God and all that. So these are some of the things I'm doing. If you follow me on Instagram, I share all of these tips practically. Let me introduce Tosin. Tosin is, is, is a chartered accountant that founded Money Africa, which is a personal finance platform that teaches people to build healthy financially habits, cut down on unnecessary spending. She has over 10 years of experience across accounting, corporate financing, auditing, and taxation. She has worked with several multinationals, Bloomberg TV, CNBC Africa, BAT, and a few. You can follow her on Instagram at Money Africa and check the comment section for all of this bio. So without further ado, everyone join me in welcoming Tosin to the platform. <laughs> I'm so happy and so excited to be here. I remember I met Jane on a panel, I think it was about a year ago, and I'm really yeah. happy that we're able to form that connection. Yeah. So ever since this whole thing happened, we've been getting a lot of questions about Tosin, how about my money? What happens in terms of my finances? How does it affect me? So before we get into it, I just want to do a little bit of a background. So we all know that the whole virus started from Wuhan and then we're now all feeling the impact. Unlike of other countries, Africa does not trade with itself in that magnitude. So even though we might not be seeing the same numbers that we're seeing in the Western markets, because we don't trade with ourselves, we're heavily affected. And also seeing that three major states in Nigeria are being locked down. So we're, being, we're seeing that constraint. So now the question is, what happens? What next? Should I cut more debt? Should I pay off my debt? Should I 
hold on to cash is cash king i mean these are all the different kind of things that we'll be exploring i'm very very happy to ask answer more questions about it so now from our observation this is what we've noticed there are three buckets of people the first bucket are the bucket of people that were not anticipating this they did not have an emergency fund they literally just had enough for like the next two weeks or for like the next three weeks so they are most likely strapped of cash the number one thing i'd like to say to you is that please forgive yourself the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago the next best time is now so if you're caught in that quagmire forgive yourself there's always time to make it up there's a saying somewhere that once you have life there's hope so i think the most beautiful assets that anybody has now is their mind so once you have your mind you're in a good place the next thing is category two. Category two have, they have a decent sum. I mean, there's not, it's nothing over the top, but they have a decent sum. And now they're a bit panicky, like, my gosh, what should I do with that money? Should I hold on to the cash? Should I put in some investments? Where should I look at? And then category three are those that were fully prepared. It was almost they knew that this day was going to come. They've been building a war chest for a very long time and they're very, very ready. So for those in category two, we usually have three baskets. We call it the low risk. A low risk means that you're not taking any form of risk. You're literally preserving your capital, right? So everything is more of preservation. You're looking at treasury bills. You're looking at money market mutual fund, things to protect your capital. Category two means that you're willing to take a bit of risk. You're like in the medium risk category. So we're looking at the stock market. So for instance, the market has been crashing in the US. But guess what? Companies like Zoom. Now look at all of us on Zoom. Have you ever had as much frequency of meetings on Zoom like you have had now? When we're speaking to the CEO of Zoom, they are seeing subscriptions of about 20 million users in a day. Guess what? Prior to COVID, they were only doing about 1 million in a day. So you're seeing the Zoom shares literally take a what? Take a jump. You're also seeing Amazon. Their delivery is skyrocketing. They're seeing them take a jump. So in the midst of all this madness, there are a couple of companies out there that are actually well positioned and profiting from it. So we can talk more about this in the question and answer. Feel free to ask me. But I think the most important thing I want to take out from my session is that we should be in the driver's seat of our finances. There are two things you don't completely outsource. You don't completely outsource your health. You have every right to know what's going on with your body and you don't completely outsource your finances. You have every right to sit down in that driver's seat, holding your steering and asking it where to go. So guys, thank you so much for having me. And yes, over to you. Thank you very much. So don't forget to put your questions in the comment section. We're going to have a Q&A section um, soon. All right. So the next person I'm going to be introducing is Caroline. Miss um, Caroline Akimoto, she's a graduate of psychology from both the University of Ife in Nigeria and the University of Sore in the UK. She has also obtained a counseling certificate from the Institute of Counseling in the UK. She specializes in talk therapy for a range of mental health issues, including depression, anxiety, stress management, and coping with social isolation. Caroline can be contacted confidentially, and I'm going to put her email and website on there. She's also a seasoned realtor and facilities manager and interior decoration. Everyone join me welcoming Ms. Caroline Akinaton to the platform. Hi there. I don't know how to top all the other intros, but I'll just give you a little bit of intro on top of what Mo has, um, has said. Now, I'm a psychologist. I trained as a psychologist. I studied psychology. And somewhere along the line, I got derailed because everyone said, oh, psychology in Nigeria, nobody's going to, you're not going to make money. You're not going to do anything with it. Off I went to the UK and I did a course in property management. And there I was for many years until 
I saw that Nigeria had a big need. I wanted to come back to Nigeria and I saw Nigeria had a big need for psychologists and psychiatrists and counselors, anything mental health they needed. So I went off, did a master's at the University of Surrey in the UK and uh, a course in counseling as well. And I came back to Nigeria. Now I came back to Nigeria armed with both my uh, property and my counseling um, qualifications. Now in Nigeria, I don't know if a lot of you are aware, everyone seems to want to go into properties. Even the gates man, even the, 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 the driver, even everyone's a property expert here, you know. But I sort of found my way, I wrote, I have a column, which if you go online, you might see it, Diary of a Lagos Island Agent. I wrote for many years. I wrote for Business Day, This Day, Castles Magazine, whilst I was practicing my psychology. Now, I worked a bit at the psychiatric hospital in Yaba. I went in, did sessions, and I mean, there's a long way to go, psychology and psychiatry in Nigeria. People are still not aware of the differences. A lot of people think a psychiatrist is a psychologist, but it, the two are quite different. What I do is I do a lot of talk therapy with people because people need to be aware that you don't need medication for everything. You can talk to people, find out where their fears, what their problems are, and work around it through talk. You don't need medication for everything. Now, a lot of people suffer in silence because they think it's a weakness to admit that they have a problem. It's not. Your mental health is as important as your physical health, if not more because you need your mental health to carry on in your daily life, to carry on with people around you. So it is really important for people to nurture their mental health. A lot of people think feeling low is depression. Having a low mood is actually different from being depressed. You can feel, have a low mood in that you're not feeling too bouncy today, you're not feeling like doing things, it's not depression. Depression is when you can't even get out of bed. It is when your thoughts are preoccupied by negative thoughts. It is when you can't eat. It is when you overeat. It is when you can't relate to people well. Depression is actually deeper than just not feeling good on a particular day. So people need to realize that there, there, there are people out there who can help them refocus their minds on things that, you know, that are more important than what they dwell on. So I think that Nigerians need to, we need to, I think people in my profession make people more aware that there's no stigma attached to it. You know, in Nigeria, people think it's a... Um, they think they're spiritual. They think that, they, they, you know, they say I'm being spiritually attacked, you know, and they go to uh, pastors, they go to they take all sorts of concussions. So seeing a counselor, seeing a psychologist can help you more than going to see somebody who will give you something to drink or swallow or going to church and fasting for 20 days. 
actually things like that can actually tip you over the edge even more. So um, the, the work of a psychologist and counselor is not really recognized. And I think more and more people need to tap into it. There's nothing to fear about it at all. So that's my bit. And I'm willing to take questions. I'm willing to answer anything that anyone has to put to me, especially in these COVID times when everybody's isolated, you know, working alone, you know, working with the computer, ever sitting in front of a computer every day, you're not looking after yourself. So I'm open to questions. All right. Dr. Ozi is a seasoned microbiologist with a PhD in microbiology and molecular genetics. That's a double whammy right there. She currently works in a leading research organization investigating the cause of a rare disease, sarcoidosis, um, which is you know, a muscle disease. She's very passionate about education for girls and helping African immigrants thrive abroad. She's also the book from F1 visa, which is a student category visa here in the U.S., to green card, designed to help individuals with exceptional abilities thrive and work in the U.S. As the founder of the Tales of an African Princess in American podcast, aka or hashtag Tapa podcast, she uses this platform to share the stories of Africans doing amazing things around the globe. Everyone join me in welcoming Dr. Ozzy to the platform. Hi everyone, my name is Ozzy. It's really nice to meet everyone. Finally, you know, we've been trying this, putting things together and just seeing everyone come online. It's such an amazing thing. So thank you guys. So I always like to use pictures and I, you know, maybe because I'm in research, um, I always like to use pictures to talk up to, to share stories and permit me to use uh, my video I guess a picture to, to tell a little bit about myself right so yeah my name is Ozzy and um, I live in Nashville Tennessee and that's in, um, in the US a little bit about me so when people ask me about myself I usually tell them three things right I, I'm a scientist I have a podcast and I talk to them about my my new book you can also find me on Instagram African princess in America and that's a weird weird name I know <laughs> Uh, when I first moved to the U.S., a lot of my friends in grad school would call me African princess. And at first, it used to annoy me. Like, I, I would be so upset about it. But after a while, I just embraced it because, you know, no matter how much I told them I wasn't an African princess, they're like, oh, but you act like one. So I feel like maybe the movie Coming to America just made, you know, screwed with everyone. And so, yeah, so I owned it, right? So a little bit about the science. I am a scientist. I work in a research lab. I research a rare disease called sarcoidosis. So if you know the comedian Bernie Mac, he, he passed away. He died of sarcoidosis. So that's the, that's the disease that I study. Um, I do have a PhD in microbiology and molecular genetics. What that means is just that I spend a lot of time looking into microscopes. And that's probably why I, I put on glasses now. So yeah, <laughs> a little bit about my podcast. So I, I kind of started a podcast and when I was thinking about the name for the podcast you know the very first thing that came to me was African princess in America because that's what everyone called me when I first moved here right and I really wanted to share my experiences because I wish that someone had told me a little bit about life in America had told me about you know when I'll be homesick and there'll be no one to talk to you know I wish that someone had told me about cheese you know and I wish I'd known that I was lactose intolerant I didn't even know that you know so I just wanted to put something together to help the young girl who's coming from Nigeria or from any African country or, you know, any immigrant who is just wondering about life out here. And so I started this podcast and, you know, slowly I started inviting really amazing people to come here and just share, you know, on their experiences. And that's kind of how I met Mo and Jane is, I, you know, I reached out to them and invited them on the podcast. And then, you know, this awesome friendship started. And so that's one of the things I encourage you to do. 
even after this meeting, if you feel like I have something that you need or anyone here has some a way that they can help you out, I feel like please reach out and you know that'd be a really good thing. And then my ebook. So I came to the U.S. after my undergrad. You know, I graduated from Babcock University. I don't know if there's anyone who graduated from Babcock here, but yay! <laughs> so I graduated from Babcock in Nigeria, and then I heard about this program where you could go directly from a bachelor's degree to a PhD. You didn't have to do a master's. And I was like, I want to be part of that program. So I came to the U.S. I spent five and a half long years, you know, getting this degree. And when I was done, I knew I really wanted to work here because the kind of work that I do actually requires a lot of funding. And in Nigeria, they don't put a lot of money to research, unfortunately. And so I knew, I knew that I really wanted to do that kind of work. But then to live in America, you need a green card. That's just it. You need a green card because you're able to work. You know, you have options of, of where you're able to work. You know, you can travel freely. It's just, it just feels better, you know, to have a green card. But when I talked to the organization, it turned out that, you know, they just couldn't do that for people at my entry level at the time. So I started researching and I found out that, it's actually a pathway for, you know, getting your green card. If you're exceptional, if you can show that you're exceptional, if you can show that the work that you're doing in the U.S. is important. And so I went through that process. I actually did it myself. And I decided to create a platform where I could share this information with people. And that's kind of why I wrote the, you know, the book. And, and so I, I routinely have these free classes where I teach people how to apply and how to, you know, just get this option. Because a lot of people think when you come to the U.S., you have to marry an American citizen. And a lot of people put themselves in terrible situations. And so I really want that information out there where people know they have, you know, a lot more options. And so that's what my ebook is about. Now, how has COVID-19 affected me? That's the that's the million dollar question, right? Um, someone, I put this question on my Instagram and someone sent me a message that said, uh, uh, has COVID-19 strengthened your relationship with Ade? You know, and Ade is my husband. So it's, it's kind of weird when you start living and working in the same place with your spouse. Like it, it's, it's a little different and we've had to adjust to it, you know. Of course, the first couple of weeks were difficult, but we, we found a way around it, right? Yeah, another person, a close friend of mine said, do you guys have more sex now that you're at home? And the answer is, yes, we do have more sex now that we're at home. But it, it, didn't, start out, it didn't start out that way. We, we, we just had to come to an understanding and then things kind of evolved from there. Let's really talk about how COVID-19 has affected me as a scientist in America. America. Now, I don't know about you, but my mom has been sending me a ton of WhatsApp messages, a ton. Every information she gets, she set forwards it to me. And I'm at the point where if I'm going to have a conversation with someone, if you start with, I found this on WhatsApp, I just automatically, I just shut down because I can't take it anymore. And so I feel like there's a lot of false information out there. Where do you get your information from? You need to get your information from a credible source. And I would recommend you go to the CDC website. CDC.gov has everything you need to know about COVID-19. Don't listen to people who record these little clips and send it around and say that, oh, malaria, you know, it's, uh, malaria drugs are going to cure this or that. It takes a while to figure this thing out. Get your information from the right places. And if people send you those, you know, incredible, silly WhatsApp messages, please don't forward it to anyone else, right? I also get people who reach out to me and ask me about whether they should take vaccines. So we know that there are people who worry about vaccines all the time. They're always saying, oh, should my kids get vaccinated? Is there a link between Down syndrome and getting vaccines? You know, things like that. Now, I understand that these are genuine concerns, but if you do have concerns, the best thing to do is research, right? So now when you go online, not every information out there is real. Not every information out there is true or credible. As scientists, there are journals that we, we refer to as the good journals because to get your research in there, you'd have to have gone through rigorous processes. Like right? it has to have been vetted several times. But people out there don't know these. So when they go online and they type their questions, should I get vaccines? They might just stumble upon, you know, a little journal 
that we in the scientific community don't regard as be up to par or something like that. And then they take that information and they, you know, it becomes law for them. So what I would encourage you to do is if you're worried about vaccinating your kids, if you're worried about, you know, something that you read online, get as much information as you can and then take that to your physician and ask them the tough questions. Ask your friends in research to give you material from top tier journals. And that's where we get our information from. So that's something I want to encourage you as well. Now, I also encourage particularly girls, I always encourage girls to get a career in science. And the reason why I particularly encourage girls is because I come from an all-girl household. So my dad had six girls. And growing up, I know a lot of people would tell him, you know, why are you worried about these girls? They're going to get married and go to a man's kitchen. And you know, how many times have we heard that in Nigeria, in our context of in Africa, just the, how we, you know, we've been raised. So people have that mindset that girls belong in the kitchen or they're not going to go far, you know, things like that. And I, so with my podcast, I just really want to put that message out there that you can do so much more. You can be, you can still run a perfect home, but then you can also get your, to the top of your career and there's nothing wrong with that. And so I always look out for girls. If you, ha if I see opportunities, so if you, if you want to uh, come on board, you know, science and you have questions for me, please reach out. If I have scholarships or I see scholarships, I'll be very happy to pass on the, that information to you as well. So I'm all about education for girls. And so that's something I'm really, really big on. Um, if you'd like to reach uh, me, you can reach me on Instagram, African Princess in America. Yeah, that's all I have, guys. Thank you so much for, um, <laughs> for listening to my little rant. And if you have more questions for me later, please, please, please ask those questions. Hi, my name is Dr. Ozi, and I'm the host of this podcast, The Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. I moved to the United States as an international student. I got my PhD, and then I self-petitioned for a green card under the employment-based second preference national interest waiver category, or the EB2 NIW category. So I moved directly from an F1 visa to a green card. I applied for a green card during my OPT training as a postdoctoral fellow, and I did not need a sponsor, nor did I employ the services of any lawyers, so I saved thousands of dollars. I've put together an ebook to guide individuals who qualify for the EB2 NIW category to successfully self-petition for their green cards. This ebook contains all the information you're going to need to self-petition for your green card. It contains ready-to-use templates like cover letters, petition letters, recommendation letters, as well as information on all the documents you're going to need to apply for your green card under the EB2 NIW category. To grab a copy of this ebook, visit our website at www.talesofanafricanprincessinamerica.com forward slash immigration. You can send an email to talesbydroozy at gmail.com. You can also find information about this ebook in the show notes of this episode. Welcome back to the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. I'm going to open it up for questions. If you guys have heard something and you feel like, hmm, I have a question for Tosin. And the question is, a lot of people are saying that online business is the way to go because people are losing their jobs. Everyone wants a second source of income, right? And people are looking to go online. Now, maybe not online, but just business in general. Should we all be looking for a side hustle at this time? Should we be trying to, you know, start something? What do you think, Tosi? Thank you so much for asking me that question. So before I jump right into it, I just want to give you a little bit of a background. So prior to when I started Money Africa, I used to work with British America Tobacco, but there was something that I noticed that was quite unique. Many nine to fivers, start a side hustle 
but because they can't give it the amount of dedication and time it needs, this business goes on to be making losses, but it gives them that comfort to say that, oh, I have this job and I also have this business on the side. So we have to be very ruthless and honest with ourselves. An active side hustle is not for everyone. And that is where investments come in, where it can be passive and it is growing, where partnerships can come, you can leverage on each other's strength and you don't have to do the whole active side hustle. So there are many several kinds of side hustles. So it's very, very important. If it's not for you, that's absolutely fine. Look for somebody to partner with or just invest in a passive income and let it just grow why you focus on that, which is your key strength. Right, right. I, I, I totally get that because, you know, I started a side hustle when I first moved out here. So many, I've, I've done so many side hustles and they've all tragically ended because that's what <laughs> me. we don't all have to be business people, uh, but it's always good. Investment is a good idea. And so they can always reach out to you. Someone says, how do I get out of debt? Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. So now the thing about debt is this, right? the very big step is acknowledging it. So the fact that the person is asking, that means that they're acknowledging that I have some debt. The next step is actually to list everything down from the family member to the financial institution. Do not leave anything untouched. List everything down from top to bottom. Now, the next step is to look for the ones that we can actually get written off. So if it's a family member, can you reach out to them? Can you get a discount? Can you get a reduction? Even the banks, there are a couple of banks that you pick up the phone, you call them, you explain the situation. Sometimes they might give you an extension or they might even reduce some of the capital. So how much of this debt can we actually get forgiven or to reduce the terms? Once we've sorted that out, the next step is this, interest rate is very, very critical. So we are going to prioritize the high earning interest rates. So for instance, I'm going to use a situation back home. If you were borrowing money from a microfinance bank in Nigeria, they are probably going to be charging you about 5% per month. However, so if we're going to annualize that, we're looking at about 60% in a whole year. But if you were to go to a commercial bank like a Zenith or a GTV and the likes, they will charge you about 28%. Now, if you have both kinds of loans, it only makes sense that you focus on that one that is like 60%. So when you hit it off the pack, you can then go to the other one. Now, the next one is this. Keep communications with your creditors. Do not stop communicating with them. Open an open line. Send an email. Don't dodge them. Don't keep quiet. The minute you can't pay your debt, pick up the phone and call them. Listen, I've got this X, Y, and Z problem. Don't let them look for you. And the last but not the least is to change habits. Now, the question is, how did we get there? Sometimes, Life really just happens. It could be a health issue that nobody planned for. It could be black tax. In Nigeria, black tax is when you have to take care of extended family members. It could be things that are beyond your control. And sometimes it could really just be poor habits. Okay, did you really need to go on that holiday? Did you really need to incur that expenditure? Can you afford the size of the house you're living in? So if it is a situation of a poor habit, you have to start addressing those habits so you're not back to where you started from. So you can hack this and I trust you that you, I promise you that you can actually hack this. You'll get it right. So that, that, that's good. Actually, I have a question for um, Caroline and that's a question about mental health. Now, a lot of people are locked in at home. Cabin fever is now a thing. If you're feeling depressed and, and, and you, I know you mentioned being depressed and I, you know, I, know, I know a lot of people in Nigeria even struggle with the concept of depression. But if someone is experiencing that at home during the lockdown, what would you suggest? What can that person do? If someone is feeling a bit low and that things are getting on top of them, the best thing is to create some downtime. That's take time out from what you normally do. So 
make a list of things you enjoy doing. Okay. Go through the list. Is there anyone you can practically do? Like Mo mentioned earlier, you know, if you live in a small uh, property, if you're, you've got a, a partner or children around you that you really can't get away from, you need to either take time out, like Mo said, go to the bathroom, create a little time in the bathroom space for your, you know, self, go into the car, put on the music, listen to it. If you have a spare room, go to the spare room. Mm-hmm. you like reading take a book with you read do you know sometimes just putting your head back and closing your eyes and decompressing taking deep breaths can actually help you a lot it's not much but it helps a lot so if things are getting on top of you and you're feeling depressed take some time out just don't be around anyone Lean back, close your eyes and take some deep breaths and just be calm and still. If you like listening to music, put on your favorite music and listen to it. If you like talking and you have a husband or you have a friend, a good friend, you can pick up the phone and have a little chat with. It helps. If you have a mother, you feel you're close enough to Ring her, ring a relative. So there there are little practical things you can do to lift your mood. Because if you sit in that mood and think, oh, I don't want to disturb anybody, or I don't want anyone to know, because that is our biggest problem. We don't want anyone to know or anyone to think we're less than capable. Right, right. You have to reach out to somebody. So make a list of what you like. And go through them and see if there's one or two you can do yourself. All right. So that's what I would suggest. Yes. I have one for Jane. Someone said, given that the ladies here are doing well in their chosen career. And the reason why I'm calling Jane out on this is because you all know that she's the country manager <laughs> of Avanti. So when she told me she's a country manager, I was just like, I don't know what that means. But I'm going to look it up. And I was like, wow, of three countries, this is great. So this question <laughs> is for you. It says, given that, oh, it's from Francesca. Now, given that the ladies here are doing well in their chosen career, what will you advise when choosing a career? When you pick a career, I know passion is important. So my question now, when pursuing a career, is it better to be profit inclined or passion inclined? Because some careers are not profitable. And this is true. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, especially if you're going to live in America, right? There are bills to pay. That is a given. So what would you say? Um, should we go after what we really love, our passion, or should we go after what will pay the bills? Francisca, you're trying to put me in a hole here. In practical terms, okay. The reality is that whatever you love doing, you can always go the extra. And if you go the extra, you're likely going to do so well that you become so good that you can earn money out of it. But we know that practically, most times, the things you love doing, you don't get money from scratch. Or most times it's an industry or a sector that is not even defined or nobody's aware of it. So in those cases, I would say the practical thing to do is to start from where you can get some money to fund your dreams. So we see people that actually go and do something to raise funds to fund their dream. So if you're quite determined about the dream, you can still go and do it. I don't think it will stop you. So it's, it's not a black or white answer because it really will depend on the personality involved. 
I know if I have a dream, man, I can wait it out and I would fund it. You know, I can literally say, I want to work for five years. I want to raise this funds because after I raise the fund, I'm going to do this. But there's also easier ways to transit. Like I said, one of the things you could do is that while you're actually raising the money or working for profit, you can create a path for you to leave. That's an easier way to do it. So I'll give you an example. You take a job because it pays well, say it's an admin job. Uh, but you know what you really want to do is become a, I don't know, a hairstylist or a poet. So while you do this admin job and you're making money, you'll try to invest in yourself or in the sector you want to go. You know, take the courses you need to, mingle or network with the people you need to, start to build inroads and set a target for yourself and walk towards the target. Now that's like a hybrid version because it will cushion the effect jumping into a new sector than having no funds or having no support structure to help you. All right, that's good. Well, so you still have to make up your mind what you want to do, but that's a really good one. I really As I said, it depends, it depends on, you know, you know yourself and how hard you can. Yeah. Some people go cold turkey. If you feel you can do cold turkey, just go for your passion. Yeah. Just wait it out. Give it five to 10 years. Don't think it's going to turn around in one year. Mm -hmm. Good one. Good one. Annie says, I have a side business. So this is for Tosin. I'm doing, uh, I have a side business I'm doing presently. How do I make my business stand out? Because there are a lot of people doing the same business. I like that question. The truth is, I don't know where your market is based. So I'm just going to use Nigeria as an example because we're here, right? Do you know that Nigeria has 23 commercial banks? The other day I was driving on Adjusted. Guess what? There's a new bank, Providence Bank. Like, are you kidding me? A new bank again? So mm. where am I going? With the right DNA, with the right energy, even if that market is clustered, you can hack it. So you're going to ask yourself from the get-go, what am I going to do to stand out? I remember when we started Money Africa, there were a couple of people in that space as well. But I told myself, we wanted to do one-minute video, simplified, red lipstick, fancy, and we're going for it. And that was the strategy. And then what? In two years, we have almost 100,000 followers. So look for one key feature and then run with it. I did a bit of an example. So I put up a, a sign, I think it was about three days ago, asking people that what house would they like to be quarantined with? In the first house, there was Dangote there. In the third house, there were regular people that were not Dangote. Guess who had the highest demand? The third house. So it was a lesson again for myself that everybody has their own person. You have to go out there to the market and go and search for your tribe and search for your community to require some work. But there are people that are for you and you need to find them. I want one more question to see. This is from Amirat. So young people, we don't have so much money, but we want to invest. How do we even get into this whole investment thing? And what is this passive investment that you mentioned? All right. Thank you so much for asking that question. So we have two kinds of investment. We have the active and we have the passive. And active investment means that you're going there every day. You're giving it your time. So for a lack of better words, a nine to five is an active investment because you're going there every day. You're giving it your time, your energy, your purpose, the whole work. An active investment could also be me buying and selling. Anything that takes up the chunk of my my time, my knowledge, my intellect, that's an active business. Whereas a passive business is literally passive. It requires you checking up on it, maybe once a month, maybe twice a month, but somebody else is managing it on your behalf and you are literally just tapping into that phone. A perfect example here would be, for instance, the treasury bill or buying into the shares of a company, right? So somebody is running it and you're just 
investing into it. So hence, it's passive. So now you're asking a question about how do young people actually start investing since they don't have a lot of money? Guess what? So Bill Gates is known as one of the richest men in the world, but guess what he doesn't have? Hmm. He doesn't have time. He has crossed his 80s. He has fantastic memories. He has left, left a fantastic, legendary past. But guess what? He doesn't have time. The biggest currency you have is time. You can't buy time in the market. Once mm. there is time, how do I plan to use it? So there's a scenario we always do. So there's this chat we did. Again, I'm going to use an example of Nigeria because we live in, I live in Nigeria and here's a lot of my examples I hear. If you were investing 20,000 Naira every month from your 20s at 10% per annum, guess how much you would hit when you reach your retirement? A whooping 211 million from 20K on a monthly basis. However, if you had started that same business in your late 30s, you would only be walking away with about 90 something million. So you lose about 100 million because you started 10 years later. So that just shows you the power of time and how it compounds. So in summary, as a young person that does not have a lot of capital, my advice is to start where you are and be consistent. The biggest pudding is in the consistency. Just imagine a bucket of water and a drop is dipping every time. Tip, tip, tip. We have to play that long-term game and honor the value of time. I hope you found this helpful. Really helpful for me. So we're going to take one more question and then we'll do a raffle more. It'll be over to you to do one of the raffle draws, all right? Stock market is unstable with global commodity prices declining. What are the safest investment instruments right now? Um, that's, a, that's a very good question. Last year, the Treasury bill in Nigeria was comfortably giving 12%. That is amazing. So you're just going to sit down, mind your business, and 12% is just going to be coming to your account. However, that has changed. The CBN has done it in such a way that you can't access that as an individual investor. Institutions still have access to the high TVs, but you and I do not. So the Treasury bill as of today is only giving you about 4% per annum. Considering that the inflation in Nigeria is at a whooping 12.2%, this is a very little return. So the question to you now is, what do I do? What I usually advise people to do is this, have an asset allocation diversification. What am I trying to say? You can put something in treasury bill. Yes, the return is low, but what it does is that it guarantees your money. No matter what happens, that money is safe. Then you can also get into some kind of risk exposure. You can tap into the stock market. You can look at agri-tech. I don't know if you've heard about agri-tech. And look at other instruments out there. But don't forget, a portion of your money has to be in safety so that if anything happens, you have something to fall back on. So safety, safety, safety. Again, a person in their late 50s will not take the same kind of risk the person in their 30s is taking. So you have to also consider, where am I with my career? How much time do I have to retirement? How much risk can I take? And then you can then diversify your portfolio. Okay, one more question. Just one, then we do the raffle draw. So many questions, you guys. Um, <laughs> this is Kumbi, right? Kumi is asking yeah. a question about, <laughs> about real estate, right? She said, what are your thoughts about investing in Nigeria versus, say, the States, especially in, the real, uh, in real estate? I don't think you're ta taxed as much in Nigeria, but I keep wondering about Agberus. So I think the problem we make sometimes is that when we think about real estate, and in the past, I don't know, people, I think people aren't doing that anymore. They think about giving a relative money to build a house for you. And that is so, like, gone. If we want to invest in real estate, you know, from here to Nigeria, what's the best way to go about it? I'm gonna call you Atosi again. No, Caroline, she wrote a lot the of best. Books on the can I, really? 
Okay. Yeah, yeah please, Caroline. Go ahead. Caroline, Caroline, I vote for Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I wear two hats. In Nigeria, you always have to wear two hats. You really can't rely on one hat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the best way I would say in Nigeria, if you want to invest in real estate, buy something that's going to yield an APR that's an APR of about 10%. So if let's say, let's, let's break it down. If you buy a property in Nigeria for, let's say 40 million, right? Make sure that 40 million property is going to yield you, if you're not going to live in it, you're going to rent it out, is going to yield you at least 4 million a year if you can because that 4 million a year if you're getting if you're paying off on it you will 4 million times 10 is 40 million so in 10 years realistically the property has paid for itself abroad of course you have to pay stamp duty you have to pay all sorts of taxes on the property in nigeria you can do that bit by bit you don't have to put the bulk sums of money down on properties and all the taxes as you have abroad. In Nigeria, you can pay the the land duty. You can pay them off bit by bit. But what I will say in Nigeria, yes, there's a lot of problems with ownership of land. There's a lot of problems that the land registry in getting your C of O, the C of O certificate of occupancy. You would think that in a land registry, which is a government organization, it, everything would be straightforward, but it's not. So you have to be careful. You get your C of O. You make sure the, the, you get all the papers to the property. And you make sure if you're buying the property, what I will say to anyone buying from abroad, buy in an estate because you're secure. In an estate, you may not get the C of O, but you get a deed of assignment. So you, the, the estate has the global C of O. So within that estate, you have maybe electricity, running water, safety. I think safety is the most important thing. So you can get tenants in the property and you know the environment is safe. Buying a property in Nigeria, there are many variables you need to look at. If you, if, if you want to live in it, if you want to rent it, if you know there are quite a few variables that just talking about it now, we won't be able to cover everything. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's really good to buy in Nigeria. I wouldn't put anyone off from buying in Nigeria. I think property is still one of the safest areas to buy in Nigeria. Just make sure you do your homework. What it is you're looking for in the property, what areas you want, because Ikeja is different from Leki properties, VI property is different from um, Aja properties. So look at your budget, what you can afford and go for it. Landlords at the moment are taking payments in installations so you don't have to put everything down everybody is desperate for money so go ahead and do it you can get properties for as low as 20 something million can i give you add something to that caroline is so so spot on but another thing that we've also seen is if it's possible for you to also do a short let with that property so let's say you don't want like a um an annual kind of rent so like especially on the islands or in Keja, like places that are well accessible, 
if you can just invest in some nice, cute furniture and then do short let you be able to recoup your rent or be able to pay off the capital faster so spot i'm definitely with caroline spotter thank you unfortunately we've come to the end of our meeting but mo is going to take it away and do the raffle draw all right can we just have a virtual hand clap for all the speakers and the um lots of wisdom we've heard i learned a lot thank you all we have three winners but the first person i'm going to mention wins jane's book um jane's book bcls which I read, and I must say, I really, really, really enjoyed reading it. Congratulations to Drumroll, everybody. <laughs> Abiola, Abiola, make sure you acknowledge in the comment section in the next five minutes. If, on the next sorry, 30 seconds, if you do not acknowledge that, no, we're going to move on to the next Abiola, Abiola, I don't know. I just used the Abiola. Um, let's see. I, I, I went by their username on the... Oh, she's Congratulations. We had a question by Oberpong, and I'm sorry if I'm saying your name right. You wanted to ask about starting your podcast. I'm not going to be able to go into that, but email me privately. I have a podcast training on how to get you launched, and I know you said you're afraid of putting yourself out there. Honey, I'm so out there like a day, day old baby, and I'm going to teach you how to just be vulnerable and, you know, get your own people and, you know, find your tribe on them. And um, another thing we forgot to mention is books. There's so many books you probably have bought that you've never read. This is a perfect time to catch up on them. If you want to also write a book, you know, um, I'm working on one. This is your perfect time to get started. I want to help you, you know, share your story out there. Now we're going to move on to the last two raffles. Are you guys ready? Yeah. yeah. I better be me. Okay, okay. Drum roll, everybody. Our first winner on that is... Hepzibah! Woo! Hepzibah! $5 Amazon gift card or the equivalent of a 10,000 naira. Look at she said what? I'm sure she's like me. I never win stuff. I don't have that luck. My name can be the only one in the hat. God, I'm with you. Oh, congrats, Hepzibah. Thanks for joining us. Don't tell your boss about this. All right, um, Ozzy, why not just do the poll and then we can go to the final raffle. This is awesome. So, um, yeah, if you guys can go ahead and just take the poll right now. Uh, tell us how you've been impacted by COVID-19. The reason why we put the relationship status was because of the relationship question. We're gonna ha- we were going to ask Caroline to give us tips on how not to strangle each other since we're all locked in together. Um, so we're, we're going to do that. But yeah, if you guys, if you don't mind, just go ahead and take the poll. Yeah, that's it. So while we're doing that, uh, Mo can go ahead and shuffle the names again and come All up right. with the final name. Wait, did you and include the host? Conflict of interest. <laughs> no, I didn't include the host. And if you already won, we took your name out of it. And shout out to my personal assistant, Irene, who has been working behind the scenes. All right, drum roll, everybody. Woo-hoo. Our final winner on this, last but definitely not the least, Daily, daily, you have 30 seconds to acknowledge in the comment section. You win, daily, $25 gift card, Amazon gift card, or the equivalent of he he already did, or she already did. I don't want to assume your gender. You know, daily already acknowledged. Anyways, congratulations to all the winners. I did, I see, I see the comment section. Oh, privately. Oh, daily, you need to make it public. Oh, it's a girl. Sorry, daily, daily. I'm sure you're used to all of this dendum, um, Miss Um, what's hey, the word? Yeah. 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 girl, congratulations, Dele. Anyways, I'm used to the Mr. Dele. I'm Mr. Sorry. Dele. <laughs> Jane is gonna close us out, but I'm just gonna put Caroline on the spot again because yeah. 29% married, 62% single. 
so can you just give us tips because relationships are a big deal like me and my husband the first two days I, we had to give each other different corners of the house to just chill there work there and then at some point we'll come together and do stuff together you know so but how that took us a while and it was a process so i want you to give singles advice i want you to give married people advice and the people that it's complicated too please help us uncomplicate their situation okay I'll start. I'll, I'll start with married people first, right? <laughs> okay. You know, today while I was working, the TV was on in the background, and BBC was running a segment on lockdown with your spouse and the rising incidence of um, domestic violence. Domestic violence includes both physical and mental, and there's been a growing a growing amount of uh, domestic violence going on during lockdown. Mm. People who never got along before are now locked down together in a, in, a, in a small space, you know. It can be very stressful, especially when you're with somebody that you can't get away from. So what I will say to married couples is that give each other space. Give each other space. Both of you by now should know your love language, should know your, you know, whatever languages you have. Is he a hyper person? Is he a person who he retreats into his man cave when things are wrong? One, I would recommend a good book for all married people and relationships to read. And that's Women Are From Venus and Men Are From Mars. That is a good book about relationships. So go and look for that book. That's an amazing book. But what I will say is give, give one another space, please. Don't be on top of one another. Don't think you have to ask him every minute, what are you going to eat, babes? Are you ready for dinner? Are you ready for lunch? You know, and don't, women, I mean, don't take, think you have to do all the housework, all the, you know, making the bed, you know, sweeping the floor. If you can, you can. If you can't, work around a timetable. If he's reasonable, he has to realize he has to help it, help out once in a while, even if it's washing the dishes. If both of you are locked down together with kids or just alone, he has to chip in. Counseling works better when you talk to both people. When you talk to one, the one person goes back and tries to implement all these things. But if the other person doesn't know or isn't in tune with that person, usually it doesn't work. So what I will say is know your spouse's love language. Know your spouse's strengths and weaknesses. Work around it. Give each other space during the day. Even if it is just, I don't know if you can take a walk wherever you live leave the house, go out, take some fresh air, even if it is together, because sometimes walking where I live on my estate, if you go outside now, the number of couples walking together, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. So if you can walk together, walk together. If you can't, don't. Now to my single sisters out there or single people out there, being locked down alone or being locked down with a partner are two different things. I assume the question is for people who are locked down with a partner. Am I right? Yes. Yes, yes. Okay. 
if you're locked down with, with a partner, if you're not married, well, I assume if you're single, you're not married. But if you're locked down with a partner, hmm, where does the relationship go after the lockdown? Because both of you have seen yourself finish. You understand? <laughs> uh -huh. So you, 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 you have to now, because you're living a married life, really. You know, so it's either going to make or break you. You have seen his strengths, his weaknesses, and he has seen your strengths and weaknesses. So you're either going to move forward or you're going to decide, hell no, this is not for me. You know, we're ending it here. You know, it's just that both of you haven't got really anywhere to run to now. So I will say, if both of you care about one another, learn to work together because that's what you're going to take into the future. And if it is not working, please, please, there's nothing wrong in ending it. You're not married. You're not committed. Just, you know, end it nicely. So that's what I have for the single ones, you know, and the married ones. Just find your own little groove and work with it. Caroline, oh. somebody said, how about the singular ones? Singular. Single ones with no power. Singular, singular. Well... This, this, is a, this is a relation uh, question. So if you're singular, I don't know that, that what relation are you working with if you're isolated alone? Ah. I mean... Online dating or, you know, remote dating. Well, <laughs> if you have a partner who is somewhere else, then both of you should make sure you keep in, you keep in contact all the time. You know, video, phone, you know, um, talking on the phone. Maybe even doing games and playing games online together, you know, if you have a partner. If you don't, well, you could join some dating um, apps. I, I, I really don't know how can I, reliable can I, those dating apps are. I can add to it if you don't mind. Okay, go on. All right, so for those that are single, and this is... Um, just take it if you think it's going to be useful for you. It's actually, I think, it's a perfect opportunity for you to get to know that other person without the expectations of sex and, you know, sliding into the real DM and whatnot. Because of the lockdown, you can't, like, you can't be a victim of booty call and whatnot. So maybe just find this a time to, like, really get to know that person and see if they're a perfect fit for you. Right. And whether you're single or married or complicated, I think it's also another time to develop yourself. Like, find what it is that you think you can make yourself a better person, not because you want to get hitched to somebody or um, find somebody to be attracted to you. What's that one thing you think you can work on yourself right now? Because I feel like in adding more to yourself, you attract the kind of value that you want. You know, so yeah, so those two things. And join as many dating apps as you can get. And maybe put the expectation as friendship. You're not trying to be desperate to like, you know, hook up with somebody or, you know, um, get married. You just want to find friends, like maybe like, um, what's the word? Like almost like a pen pal in a way, even though, you know, you hope that, it ends up being that person that you're attracted to that you'll find on there. So yeah, whether you're single, married, or complicated, personal development, and um, I do wish you the best. It looks yeah. like uh, Mo has a lot of experience with this online dating thing. Because you know. I have a lot of friends, and you know, I'm, I'm married. I've been married for the past ten years, so you can see I'm so old now. I haven't used a dating app in years, and I hope not to. But I have a lot of friends that are, you know, end up that single and those that are not single. And I, I hear so much from them and, you know, I carry, we carry each other's burden. So I, I know a lot of apps that are good and the ones you should avoid. 
Yeah. But more importantly, what you said, Mo, is that everyone should try and develop themselves, whether single, whether married, whether, you know, complicated, just develop yourself. Come out of this lockdown with something, with something that you can say, I did this for myself. I think that's the most important. I want to add to the developing yourself, something I thought you could do for those that are interested in their careers. One of the things that has the good outcome of this are lots of people at home. And that means you can sneak in and have a Zoom meeting with people you've admired on LinkedIn. Lots of people are very responsive now. So do what we call the virtual coffee meetings. Send them a LinkedIn message and say, oh, I've admired you or your profile. I love what you do. I'm interested. You know, I like your industry. I like what you're doing in industry. Do you mind having a virtual coffee meeting? For 15 minutes. Zoom calls are 40 minutes, the free one. 15. And you see lots of them would respond. Personally, I've been getting a lot of requests like that and I do honor them. And I chat to small businesses, people on their careers, because you have all the time. You know, we do the work and you still have time in the evening because we're all at home. So try that. And that's a good way to network. And even though if you're single, you can probably use that model in your dating, you know, virtual dating, you know, People you're interested, you're like, oh, you know, it's something interesting. Do you want to have a virtual coffee with me? And make me do a Zoom call and say, what are you doing? What do you like? Should we chat over coffee? How was your day? And you can never tell in chatting up with the person, maybe something else could happen, you know. <laughs> Look at her smile. <laughs> you know? I'm smiling because I've been going on walks with my husband in the evening. So in the yeah. evening, we take a walk. And we see all these uh, guys yeah. that are walking in the evening with their dogs. And I'm like, if I were single, this is the best time to come for a walk, girl. Dress up in your nice gym outfit. Stroll around, do your jogging. After like seven days or eight days, you get to see some familiar faces. Then you start saying hi when next you pass them on the bridge. You can never tell. The next day, oh, let's have a Zoom call. People will catch up. And you can never tell how that will go. You know, that's my tip. <laughs> Yeah, don't forget social distancing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Social distance, yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't forget social distancing. Yeah, and uh, for those that are married with kids, we didn't really address that. I don't have kids, but I have friends with kids. Oh, I have And one kids, of the things, guys. or maybe we can talk about that is take time for yourself. Don't feel guilty. You cannot, you know, you need time yeah. for yourself. Shut the door. Tell your husband, no, hold the kids. We made them together, you know. And maybe find ways to also um, develop it, motivate them, uh, engage their learning skills as well. I'll let yeah. Jane, you know, do that. Especially those yes. that are single too with kids, without spouses, how can they do that? Okay. So an interesting thing, I had a long chat with Caroline, I think two days ago, just talking about this. So I have kids. Since I've been on this call, my daughter has come and showed me a piece of paper. She wants pride. And my son came and waved some. Like they are, this could be distracting, you know? And because they're at home, we've been doing a lot of online school. So I'm like the, the teacher, you know, like the online school teacher that I do PE with them. We go and we do some jogging or skipping or whatever. Then I, in the morning, I'm battling with, oh, go and do your online school. Then I do my meetings. Then what do we eat for breakfast? What do we eat for lunch? I started feeling overwhelmed, to be frank, mm -hmm. very overwhelmed. And then some days ago, I sat and I had a good chat with my husband. I thought I needed help. He needed to pull some weight. And guess what he told me? This is the summary of our discussion. He said, I love you, but I cannot be nice to you all the time. <laughs> and that was because I told him, like, if I say something like, please, after eating, 
take your own plate. I don't plan to carry anybody's plate. I also have a meeting. Don't just make a comment that would annoy me. And it was like, no, sometimes I'm stressed. I'm on the call. But I think the important thing, Caroline, I was saying, is have that conversation with your loved ones. I got all my kids to chip it. Because after two weeks, I was not feeling tired. So I made a roaster. And we shared the whole work. My son now takes out the trash. He makes all the beds in the house in the morning. My daughter, she turned nine. She now washes the dishes. I know she doesn't do a good job. You know, there's still oil and cheese around it. But at least she had <laughs> she, her job is to wash the dishes. I got two of them to make their own bref, uh, breakfast um, rooster. Mm. I found that I wake up early to, make a, uh, to do my calls. And they keep coming and like, oh, I'm hungry. I, I want peanut butter. I, I don't want toast bread. In the middle of my call, they're always sneaking in and making a request. So I've showed them where all the cereal is where the bread is, how to toast the bread. Then we all made a list what they're going to eat in the morning. And everybody sorts yourself out in the morning. I will sort you out for lunch. So I think it's just uh, good to get everybody involved if you have kids. That could reduce the stress. I know for women, it looks like uh, we staying at home is not a holiday for most women because now we're being forced to take on a lot. Some of this domestic work I didn't used to do because I used to have help. Um, but now the help can't come because she doesn't stay with us. So I'm not forced to, you know, do some of that. You know, when it comes to relationship, uh, of course, we used to have some time apart that we come in the evening. Now I'm with my husband the whole day. He's loud on the phone. I'm loud on the phone. I'm like, okay, you know what? We all have to choose different colors in this house so that we don't fight, you know, things like that. And of course, when it comes to also domesticated, uh, domestic work, I'm also asking him to chip in so that I don't get stressed. It could be stressful at times. Then uh, we find more time to bond, like doing the work. But you know the interesting thing? You think that, okay, but we're human beings. Two days ago, we couldn't really agree on this walk-run thing. So we went our separate ways. He ran and I walked because we couldn't agree. You should have walked. That's like a mixture <laughs> of walking and running. <laughs> so some days you need your own space. Because that day I was feeling too heavy. I didn't want to run. He insisted he wanted to run. So I'm like, okay, you run on the side of that bridge. I'm walking on this side of that bridge so that we don't fight. You know, like... <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I think it's about communication. Um, as in having to be able to communicate with your spouse. And I know it's possible that maybe you and your spouse don't even have like a good communication system in the first place. Perhaps it's time to start defining, you know, your style of communication and how to get better at it. I, maybe because of where I grew up, I tend to internalize a lot of my hurts. I don't speak up in time and I, I just, you know, I either use the silent treatment or I just snap when things are like that. I'm not very good at vocalizing my, you know, things that I'm not satisfied with, especially in my relationship. And so my husband just says, like, why are you all moody, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, okay. And I realize I have to talk more. So with this whole COVID situation, when you're seeing your spouse almost every time, he walks, he still works because He's an essential worker. He has to go to work. But I'm home all day. And I started feeling a sense of resentment. Like, you know, I'm just here all day, all day long. And so in talking to him and just letting him know how I feel about things, it's really, really helped. I would say initially the, the attention was too much. Because, you know, I, like I said, I tend to be busy a lot. And I just put things in the back corner. But I don't have that excuse of traveling or going to work anymore. So I've had to confront my demons, which wasn't very sexy in the beginning. part. It was very ugly. I wasn't even ready for it. But we found out that we're communicating better. We're doing stuff together. Like I said, I just learned how to ride a bike. So we're riding our bikes together. We're, you know, walking out together and things like that. So just want to challenge those that are listening here. Find something you can do with your spouse. We bake the cake. 
Nigerian cake, by the way, which is kind of dense. If you live in the U.S., you you hate cakes the way they bake cakes here in the U.S. It's not very dense. It's not very rich. It's just sugar. So we decided to make Nigerian cake together. And oh my gosh, the mixing the sugar and the butter, that's a lot of work. Y'all didn't tell me that. But you know, it was fun. I gave him that job to do and you know, we bonnet or something. So all the best to you guys. That's good. What I what I would also suggest is that because everybody is locked down, I do online counseling. So people can ring me up, you know, and we can have a chat. You know, contact me by phone and we can have a chat about whatever the problem is or what's worrying uh, you. So I will put my details there because, you know, there are some people who don't have anyone to talk to or don't want to talk to the people they know. They just want an impartial, confidential chat. And that's okay. My number will be there. So anybody who wants to ring up. I'll put that in the comment section. Guys, we're going to email you guys the feedback. We're going to do this again. But we don't know what our topics you might like for us to see or what we can do better next time. It's really quick. We made it very simple. You don't have to think a lot about it. Let us know. And it's also, you have a chance to be anonymous. So you can tell us the bad things we did. But please, it helps us to get better. Don't put us on, um, on red, you know, or delete us, you know. Um, I think I'm done. <laughs> There's been a lot of hookups while we've been chatting. I can really? see people exchange, exchanging. I see uh, exchanging that. Yeah. I yeah, I do. Yeah, I do too. Next yeah. time, we'll try to get people. If I just put you can follow us on Instagram. I put all of our stuff on there. Um, Ozzy can be found as African Princess in America. <laughs> and me, Mosibyl, M-O-S-I-B-Y-L. Jane can be found, N-K or that's called Amadi. Amadi, yes. And Caroline is Caroline, A-A-K-I-N. And yes. Tosi is Simple money, Africa. Remember the money and follow the Africa. Together, one word. <laughs> Please, even if it's like weeks down the line, you remember something, don't feel shy. Just, you know, email, like my email is on there. Just feel free and just say, by virtue yeah. of attending this, you have my, you have our attention. Just say, hey, yeah. I attended your meeting. I like to have, I have a question that came up later. Don't be a stranger. We want you guys to feel like a sense of community. Like I said, I run a podcast course. Um, Ozzy runs a, a stuff for people that want to get green cards in the U.S. Tosi is the money person. You know, find, follow her and learn more. Yeah. Jane, Jane is, you know, she's, she's our country manager, our big <laughs> Miami at the top. She's very passionate about women. And Caroline, I mean, she's offering her, uh, her services. How, see how you can, you know, get her services as a counselor because you need that. I know a lot of us use churches as a yeah. um, proxy for mental health institution in Nigeria. That is good. But sometimes you need a professional to talk to. And I'm very open about this. I see a therapist for all of my, you know, childhood issues. So you got this. <laughs> right. And right. feel free to share your Instagram name so that you can kind of continue the conversation, you know, even outside here. Not just us, you know, sharing. Yeah. With you. you can also share with us as well. Or just add us and those. We can do this again. You know, we've had such a good time and uh, interacted with everybody. So we know if we can do it again. Yeah. We do a quick poll and see how many of us want them to do it. Anyway, we we can look at Do you want to do a quick poll, Ozzy, to see how many of them want to do it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let them go on. We've got 99 people. Um, We've got 99 people. Yeah, okay. We have two people saying yes. That's enough for me. (laughs) Oh, three. Thank you. Oh, take that. Okay. Oh, yay. Thank you, guys. Oh, all the yeses. Look, all the yeses coming through. Alima says yes. Alima says yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. 
Hafiza says yes. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Okay. All right. It's been lovely. listener what do you think about this episode do you have a question or some feedback that you would like to provide or a suggestion for a future guest now you can send me a voice message voice messages are an easy way for you to send me audio messages that just might end up on a future episode of the podcast you can send me a voice message right now just by clicking on the link in my show notes can't wait to hear from you